Welcome to Who Sucks More, the game show brought to you by the Chris and Andre Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Who Sucks More, the segment of the Chris and Andre Show where we tear apart good things, bad things, whatever it is, to find out what the sucky things about them are. Uh, sometimes it's people, sometimes it's places, sometimes it's things. Things kind of covers everything, but we include it anyways. This week we have another version of our CEO edition of Who Sucks More, featuring two people that honestly suck a lot. So this is probably going to be really hard for us to come to a conclusion as to who sucks more here. Uh, first up, we have Howard Schultz, renowned CEO, uh, like three-time CEO, I think now, yeah. of Starbucks. And we've decided to pit him up against Uber's CEO, Dara Khosrowshahi. That's right. I did look up how to pronounce his name on YouTube immediately before we... Recorded this, so you can't come at me for that one. Um, Andre, do, would you like to kick things off? You want? You want? Why don't we start with Howard? Oh man! Um, see, this is going to be an off week for me. I'm like in a cynical mood, and I really wanted to root for Howard to come back to uh, Starbucks and get it right. He started the company off on such strong strong uh, strides. I remember when they were cash flush and opening up new locations and people love working at Starbucks and Starbucks is like the, to, to coffee, what Chick-fil-A is to QSR. And you had Starbucks people. You had them. They were everywhere. And something went wrong. And I think it's when they realized that, oh, we can't continue to charge people $9 for a cup of coffee. They started to close locations. They started to squeeze the P&Ls. And with that, they started to probably squeeze the people that work in their, their locations. I think and I believe where I st stopped giving the shine for this founder and CEO of this company was when he came back as the interim CEO and his comments towards unionization were so atrocious. If you don't like it, you can always leave. One of the greatest gifts you can get as an as an employer is when your customers and your internal external customers tell you, "Hey, if you if you fix this, this will be great." To ignore those those warnings or those signs or those that honest open feedback is detrimental. And that was it for me. You know, forget the benefits. I'm not a big fan of, of unions in the first place, but I can see the benefit now in our current climate, our current working conditions across the country. Um, I thought he would come back and be a beacon to other CEOs of, of how to do it the right way. And he just, he, he went, you know, he towed the line with everybody else. So, yeah. <sighs> So uh, we've talked about this before. For those of you that don't know, I spent three plus years working at Starbucks uh, at a store that was the only store in our city at the time, in our town. Uh, so we were a very busy store. We did not have a drive through thank God. That probably would have forced me to quit a lot sooner. I was <laughs> appalled when they started putting drive throughs in. 
Um, I had an amazing manager that hired me. She was wonderful to work for. She understood the people that worked there. She understood the customer base. Um, you know, gave her employees the the freedom necessary to be able to do their jobs the right way to please customers. It wasn't about like following some strict guidelines in terms of you know how much discount or like what you can do in order to make a customer happy like she trusted the employees ultimately to make those decisions um when i left i was no longer working for that manager she had been promoted to district manager and they brought in a uh manager that had been working at burger king previously boo this man Um, that is not to take a shot at fast food restaurant managers in general. Um, but I think Burger King in particular, you know, kind of had a way, well, at that point in particular, like this was 2005, 2006 era when Burger King was really like throwing everything at the wall to try and figure out how to compete with McDonald's and Wendy's and like Wendy's was really kind of making a comeback from where they had been. (laughs) And <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> this is all coming from somebody outside the industry. Um, yeah, the new manager just had no... Like, all of that stuff kind of went away. It all became, you know, everything has to be done exactly the way that I want it. She didn't trust her employees to do it. She played favorites with the employees. So certain people had certain leniency, others didn't. I remember at one point we were running a promotion, like a um, internal promotion where if a store sold a certain number of coffee makers by like the Christmas holiday or the end of the year, the store manager would get a bonus, like whichever store in the area did it. Pardon my language, but this bitch came in two days before the thing was over and bought multiple coffee machines herself and then returned them to another store after the contest was over so that she would get the bonus. Wow. Um, So aside from my personal experience with Starbucks, obviously that was a long time ago. Howard Schultz himself was the guy who came in and said, we're not going to call the people that work here employees. We're going to call them partners, right? You're not a Starbucks employee. You're a Starbucks partner. You are part of this venture with us. You are the people who interact with the customers who ultimately make their drinks and decide whether or not their experience is a positive one. The fact that you had baristas who were trained not just how to like sling coffee as quickly as possible but how to make a drink the right way how to be i mean you can laugh a little bit at this but there was a literally like a level of artistry to working with some of those espresso machines i do not doubt it i do not doubt the the skill of a barista whether it's starbucks or anywhere because the little pictures they do with the milk I love that. Di- and not even that, but it's like when you're working with a line of 30 people and you're pulling shots on this machine and it starts pulling long for whatever reason and these shots are getting bitter, you have to know, all right, I got to tamp it a little less. I got to, you know, like you have to understand the machine a bit to know how to how to work it so that you're not either creating really bad drinks or slowing everything right. down because you got to pull 
five or six different shots and you're just dumping them. You know, same thing with steaming milk. If you can't steam a cappuccino right, the person who orders a cappuccino most likely has had it's it before. Be at you. And is going to be like, this is a garbage cappuccino. I mean, I've been that guy now where I'm like, this isn't a cappuccino. Um, this is a foamy latte, you dick. You're willing to do. I. Todd! Are you not aware that I get farty and bloated with a foamy latte? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they made a change also to go to like these automated machines because it stopped being about creating excellent experiences whenever possible and about creating a consistent mediocre experience everywhere that you went, right? Every Starbucks, you got the same experience, but it wasn't a great one. It wasn't an excellent experience. You had no chance for someone to craft a really excellent drink for you because there was no, it was all automated. You push a button, it pulls the shots. You push a button, it steams the milk. I say all that to say this, Howard Schultz came back. I'm with you. Like I was like, this dude was running it when I was there at first, and then he kind of stepped back. Things changed. I wasn't happy. Maybe him coming back now is going to be the difference. Maybe he's going to put the partner back in, you know, partner or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah, that was that was terrible right there. But no, instead, it's like he came back because he was pissed off that people were trying to unionize at some of his stores. And so his focus seems to have been on alienating and retaliating against those people. Um, you know, he's had multiple direct meetings with people that were trying to unionize where he's antagonized them, where he said things like, if you don't like it, you can leave. Um, which I think is a terrible way, like attitude to take. And now he's at the point where they're finally going, all right, all right, all right. We hear you, Starbucks employees. We're going to increase benefits uh, and up your pay. We're going to make training you know, more widely available. We're going to increase the amount of training that we're getting to new employees, but only at stores that haven't unionized. If you've unionized, you're going to have to bargain for that. And that right there I, to me is I, why Howard Schultz I, sucks. I don't necessarily hate that. Um, and since my view on, on, on the, uh, a unionized empl like employment has start is starting to kind of pivot. I don't necessarily hate that, but because what that does, it calls into question the, uh, the authority and the direction and the goals of the, of the union itself. And we've seen this throughout history. You, you watch uh, UAW completely get people fired and out of jobs. Yeah. Uh, you you watch United Steelworkers do the same thing. Uh, there's a limit to. I think unions should not be for an a for a forever thing. They should be in times of crisis to correct the ship and then disband it. Uh, so I don't necessarily hate the idea of compensating or uh, you know working with non-union. I can't even say the word anymore unionized uh, locations because it makes sense because these people have you know they've decided this is a path they need to go and yes they should bargain for it but a union should literally have diminishing returns over time now if starbucks is a any organization can fix that that's awesome i do think that um starbucks as well as amazon have well, I think they're big targets, and that's why they're in the news so much. But I, I, I also believe that they, they're not responding to the challenge the right way. 
I, I so that's where I, I kind of think that Schultz is he's really messing up. It's like it's it's coming at you not because of you and you're taking it personal, but how do you bend with this challenge to make it work for both parties involved? And that's what I, I can't believe he hasn't realized yet. I, that's what is very disappointing to me. Yeah. Uh, next up, Dara Kosrashahi. I'm not going to even say his name. I know, dude. but I said, just... I said it right twice now. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first on Dara? You go first. All right, so I had to do a little bit of research on Dara. We were trying to figure out like who we were going to pit Howard Schultz against, and when I started thinking about it, I was like, well, who else is kind of like going out there and screwing over their employees, or or not even like screwing over, but kind of ignoring right the voices of their employees? And I think Dara is a great example of that on the other side here. Um Uber was a company that was started with the pitch that like, oh, you drive some Uber in your spare time, right? You got a decent car, you know your way around the city, hop in your car, drive some people around, make some money, right? Um, now it seems like it's basically, oh, you want to work for Uber? That needs to be your only job. Like if you really want to make money at Uber, you should be a full-time Uber driver. But we're also going to make it really hard for you to make like a decent living doing what we're doing um the I've, I've seen and read stuff about the app being terrible for the drivers to use the way that it's coordinated that they have very little support for the actual drivers themselves uh, when there are issues with the passengers with people stiffing them or not you know paying them people trying to break the rules by fitting too many people in the car like their general driver support seems to be really lacking um right. In California, they were massive opponents of or proponents. I honestly don't remember of one of the propositions. I think it was Prop Twenty Two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that essentially got made all it the so. News. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> got um, all the news. That made it so that Uber could increase their rates, but not increase. Like they were basically able to do away with drivers setting their own rates for trips. Um, so they removed the driver's multiplier. So people who were driving really nice cars, you weren't, you know, unless you were doing like the Uber XL only, you weren't able to charge a higher rate for that. Um, now, most recently he's come out and essentially said, we're going to cut costs to make things better because it's all about our investors. We've got to show our investors the money to quote, Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, from Jerry Maguire. I don't know why he chose to quote that. That's like a 20-year-old movie. It's uh, a great movie. One it of is a great movies. movie. But, and we'll probably I don't like the fact that it was actually a rom-com. I didn't really... Well, yeah. it, it didn't hit like that for me, but... All whatever. sports movies apparently have to be rom-coms, like underneath. I don't know if you ever saw Draft Day. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. But rom-com. Chadwick Boseman's in it. It's pretty, pretty yeah. decent characterization on his part but yeah uh the fact that he seems to be solely focused on the investors he doesn't care about what the end user experiences he doesn't care about what the experience is for his drivers seems like that's just i mean that sucks like i don't know how else to put it so what are your thoughts i i, I think i'll just tag on to what you said i i do believe that uh, they as he got introduced as, as a ceo one of the things that kind of set him up for failure was he went on an apology tour in every commercial um so i didn't think or anticipate that anything would change and 
since they've gone public, well, since they've gone public, nothing has changed. But to even go further beyond that, Uber itself has never been this pristine company of like anything. So I've never had a high expectation for it. I'm also a fan of disrupting. If you're going to make a disrupting like, or you're going to disrupt any industry or technology, it's got to be decentralized and it can't be this one niche that controls all of it. They can't have the whole bag. I think Uber thought they could keep the bag. They grew the company with a lot of guerrilla tactics across the country and globally. Um, they were never meant to be successful. They, in my opinion, <laughs> I think they're just like a, a really cool idea. I got that a lot of people funded and the idea is so passe. Like I could totally make Uber without being Uber like today with all the same technology. And it's not a, it's not a very, um, it's a, it was a, actually, I don't know if it really was a unique idea when it first came about. I think their branding made them an item. I believe that, um, the story of Lyft is probably, or I'm sorry, Airbnb is a better uh, tale of like really disrupting a market to where they can actually create a whole new industry, even with their bumps and bruises. But Uber has never been that company and it's never, I don't think it ever will be something that doesn't take advantage of people that are trying to, you know, just get that hustle on to keep the lights on. Um, and I've never had a high opinion of their CEO because he came out on an apology tour. That's the way to kick he, things off. We're sorry. We're sorry. Sorry. We're sorry. I'm deeply sorry. Sorry. We know Forgive things us. don't. Yeah, we know <laughs> things didn't come out the or like well, I don't remember remember the commercials, but it, he's in a car. He's talking about his childhood and his parents. And that was like every commercial. It's like, no, dude, it must be really bad. <laughs> like everything you see and everything you hear in these meetings must be pretty bad that you have to come in and apologize on day one. Yep. The founder was the least of your problems, your <laughs> relationships in Europe, your relationships in the States and how you guys tried to disrupt what was happening in New York. And you've got all the cabbies upset with you because their medallions have like plummeted in price and people have have bought these things for millions of dollars yeah uh there's a lot of baggage behind uber that people don't really they're not aware of or they don't talk about but their ceo was never meant to be successful <laughs> yeah i mean i think your point like the company itself wasn't supposed to be like what it is today right it wasn't essentially supposed to be a centralized driving service it was originally just an app that allowed individual drivers to connect with individual riders. And then they saw a way to make money off of that and turn it into, well, not just making money off of that, but then getting investment money to turn it into something bigger. And that's where I think it ultimately all started to fall apart, which is shocking, right? Like a bunch of money gets dumped <laughs> into a company and everything falls apart. Like I know it doesn't happen every single time, but geez, it feels like it happens almost every single time. Uh, maybe someday people will learn, but all right. Uh, you have something else you want to add? 
Yeah, I. Uh, this is a tricky one for me because um, I, I. Yeah, it's a tricky one for me. I, I think like starting out, both of them have a lot of points against them. Uh, but yeah, you're going to ask me who I think sucks more. Yeah, who do you think sucks more, Andre? I think it's Mr. Schultz. I, I think his problem, it would be like Ray Kroc coming back to McDonald's and botching it. <laughs> and selling all of the valuable real estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, you know, you know what's behind the curtain. You've or always saying, known. you know what? We're ditching hamburgers and we're just going to make chicken sandwiches. We got to <laughs> compete with Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna I, let I just, Wendy's have have the burger. Yeah. Burger. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you know I think I think we're in agreement today. Uh, Dara certainly has his own problems. I, obviously, he inherited a bit of a mess. I mean, it must have been pretty bad, a like bit. you said, if he had to go on an apology tour right off the bat. But he certainly <laughs> hasn't made things any better. I don't think it'll be much longer that he'll actually be at the company. Howard, this is your third go round. You should know better by now. You were the one who put partners in your manifesto when you created this whole thing, and yet now you want to treat your employees like they're nothing more than employees. So uh, I think we're both in agreement. Today, Howard Schultz sucks more. And I want to give Howard just one bit of advice, right? I'm sure he's and listening. I'm sure he's not. But <laughs> I would tell you this. Like, there is a... like. The path to success in a service industry, like Starbucks especially, and I've I've seen and gone to a lot of different like restaurants and eateries and, and what have you. The the thing that the magic that Starbucks had was the experience. The experience that they that was created was by the employees. And I worked at the place that had sold more coffee than you guys. Yeah. The only only seconded to uh, Dunkin' Donuts. And you guys had the magic. You, and it's the same thing I would say about Chick-fil-A. I don't think Chick-fil-A is even better than a McDonald's chick chicken sandwich. But the experience people get, that's what they will pay for. You could, ch you could charge like $13 for a coffee. And people want that experience they get at Starbucks. Yep. And I, I say all that to say this. I... And where we live at, I've always gone to Caribou Coffee because I liked it better. The people were nicer. I didn't feel stupid ordering a coffee. And every experience I had at Starbucks and where we live at was not positive. But I went to Puerto Rico and I went to a Starbucks. And the lady, the barista that was working there was phenomenal. Yeah. So every time I go to Puerto Rico, I stay at the same hotel. I well, They don't have the uh, Starbucks there anymore, but... She, when I would go and they still have the Starbucks, I would go because she made that experience yeah. something that was memorable. So I would pay whatever it costs to go to Puerto Rico and go to a place I normally wouldn't go to just for that experience. So don't lose the magic, dudes. You suck more. Hey guys, it's Chris from the Chris and Andre show here. Just wanted to say thanks for checking out our show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would, subscribe, like, make sure to hit the notification bell so you get alerts when we post new videos, and leave a comment with your favorite part of the most recent episode that you watched. We'll see you on the next one.